Wow, thank you for your patience. We finally are live. Welcome to the Happy Jacks RPG Network. I might steal Joe's joke. That was Great American Witch. We'll see you next time. Um, anyway, welcome to episode 10 of the Great American Witch. Uh, we are actually on our home stretch. We're going to be probably two episodes, depending on how this goes. I mean, a lot of this is hard to determine because it's emergent storytelling, folks. That's what we do. We don't know what's going to happen any more than you know. Uh, we might have some uh, tricks up our sleeve, though, so we'll see how that goes. I'm Christopher Gray. I am the uh, creator of Great American Witch, um, also the guide. And um, today we also have uh, our full cast. Welcome back, everybody. Um, why don't we uh, start with Emily? Welcome, Emily. What are you doing with us today? Hi, I'm Emily. I am playing Abigail. She is the craft of Hecate, which means she can talk to ghosts, but mostly she gets involved in scrapes. She makes positive change for her community, too. Let's not forget that. She does. She makes the world a better place, but also she, you know, resurrects angel statues and stuff. It's 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 all fun. <laughs> Mac, what are you doing here? You know, I ask myself that every time we do this. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm here playing Imelda Lake, who goes by Mel. It's the craft of Lilith. And... Um, she may or may not be a vampire right now, so that's fun. I think she's most definitely a vampire. <laughs> uh, and Jim, welcome back. You survived Strategicon. You are here with us in the flesh. And I'm very glad to be here. Thank you. Sorry uh, I missed out last time, but uh, trying to pull a virtual con convention out of nothing is a little difficult sometimes. Yeah, uh, it was a fun convention, by the way. I um, I attended, uh, let's see, Friday night and Saturday, and um, ran I ran Witch twice, and both games were very different and exciting. And I also uh, joined in uh, Tomes' uh, Games on Demand, and had a lot of fun with those games. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, and we also had some you know bar con too, so I got to actually hang out with people and talk after the games. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, last but not least, Joe, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, I am Joe, and I am playing Albert, who is the craft of the spider grandmother. Um, he can see the future. He can cause natural disasters. And uh, his whole thing is he has huge unresolved mother issues. If you watch from episode one, you'll get the joke. <laughs> and, and I hope you have, because we're way past the point of spoilers. Um, ever since episode eight, things have gone into a spiral. Um, we are heading, uh, if you will, like a freight train, like a ghost undead freight train in the snow, landing in an abandoned train station, which is going to be our grand finale. So I hope that you have caught up, because there's a lot that's going to go down over the next couple episodes as we close this up. Um, one of the big things that's happening is that um, we have uh, a character resolution. Now, these are kind of rare, but they are um, a feature of the Great American Witch game. And what that means is because there is no real um, outright danger, like we're not rolling hit, to hit dice against armor class, um, there's really no way... 
for me as a guy to kill a character. That has to be up to the player. Um, in Great American Witch, the point is not, uh, oh, am I in danger? The point is, oh, my God, how am I going to fix this problem that's creating this narrative conflict? So, um, so there might be a situation where the player wants to take their character out of the game. Now, it might be a death. It could also be like, um, something has gone so far wrong with this character that they're not um, that they're not playable anymore, and uh, that happened with Jim's character Cape in Episode Eight. So um, if if you haven't seen Episode Eight, I encourage you to watch that before you watch anymore or listen. Um, so Cape uh, has has effectively lost his touch with um, his traditional moral compass. Let's put it that way, and now is out of alignment with the coven and so therefore albert booted him from the coven and that was because he uh, cold-blooded murdered raven's parents um as an answer to resolving this conflict so um that means cabe isn't really part of the team anymore <laughs> um which in effect means that uh we had to resolve the character so uh jim was left with a choice that he could continue with another character. But since we're towards the end of the game, we think it makes more sense for him to just resolve Cabe and then use the rules of the game, which is that for every chapter, Jim will get five plot points. No, that's the wrong game. Five charm um, that he can spend to affect the fiction. There's a fiction. This basically makes him another guide to the game. And this will allow him to resolve Cabe however he wants within the story. This will also allow him to introduce conflicts and to uh, amp the drama up uh, with other NPCs, introduce truths that weren't there before, get in the way of what you want and all that. So um, just like all narrative control rules, though, um, Jim will not have narrative control over the conflicts that I create. Um, and he will not have narrative control over the player's witches. But everything else is fair game. And when Jim creates a conflict, I don't have narrative control over that conflict. So there'll be some things happening that I can't, even as the game creator, do anything about. This is a, a, a game mechanic that I I very much love um, and I want to explore. Uh, how much experience have you had with this game mechanic before? Or am, am I am I bursting in on this first one? Well, uh, Jim, the game is in production and is shipping off to players very soon. So... Um, uh, it's that I have to admit this has only been in the abstract. So we're not play testing. That ship has sailed. We're going to see <laughs> if it's broken or not. <laughs> well, I, I promise to uh, use it only lightly and only when necessary and only to make cool things happen and not to just mess with people. Thank you. Well, it's hard to say. I mean, the, the game just is very resilient in this way. It, uh, we did in my home campaign lose a witch uh, she resolved her character, but it was it was basically in the finale of the season. So we haven't really been in a situation where the character needed to be resolved before the finale. So um, I'm sure it'll be fine. I think it's going to be fun. Actually, it's going to relieve some of the weight I have, and and I can always you know say, oh well, that was Jim when something doesn't go right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm cool with that. It's, it's it's very much like my home life, so we're good. <laughs> Okay, so just a quick recap, um, if I can make it quick. Since we last met um, our heroes, they were uh, coming back together as a coven. Um, 
some of them had to go to Michigan to do that. Um, but everybody is back and together. Um, there are still sort of some of these unresolved issues. We we think that maybe Mel's mother can be contained to an extent. You know, uh, it it seems to be that situation seems to be not as volatile as before, but it's still there. Um, you think Abigail still has some unresolved issues with um, uh, certain aspects of her life, especially. I don't know if this is unresolved or not, but it does look like her fiance has perhaps uh, got an eye for Alex Hale, who has yet to apologize for the way he's treated her, her all of this time. Um, but we do know that uh, the pastor is sort of on the side of right and is going to try to help the coven against this onslaught that's coming in whatever way he can. And he's going to use the, sh the church's resources to do that. Um, Albert has also started a revolution against the seven. Was that Albert's fault? Uh, we'll, we'll blame it on him. And that was uh, propagated by uh, 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 an inverted coven that responded to his call. Um, and they have a mast at the train station. So it's sort of where we left everybody because now it's sort of like we grabbed our pitchforks and we're headed out and that is where we left off. So, um, did I leave anything out that was important? I think that about covers it. So I think I'd like to open up, uh, we are going to start, um, the night before winter solstice. Oof. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling, I don't know, because, you know, we're an emergent play, so I don't know um, exactly what's going to happen, but I have a feeling that the solstice incident is going to be a pretty hefty one that might take a couple of sessions to get through. Mm. So um, I'm just anticipating that. Um, also, I don't know that there's a lot of unresolved business before that. I mean, really, that is the business right now. So um, I don't think this is rushing it. I think this is probably a good estimate what might happen. Um, on the next session. So what I would like to do is open this with a montage as we normally do, uh, except that this is going to be what happened to the characters a week for the, for the week ahead of solstice Eve. So a week has passed since we last saw them getting everybody together in the train station. And um, what happened in that week? How are they preparing? What are they doing? This is your chance to really have some narrative control on how you want to tee this major conflict up. And this is also an opportunity to tee up uh, unresolved personal character conflicts that you would like to put into the forefront. This is the night before the storm. This is the One More Day song from Les Miserables. This is when need, we get all do of you our need shit to uh, Do you yes. need me to sing? Okay, I, I would love I to. Will. Actually, no, we get in copyright trouble then. Oh, but. right. Yeah. I'd like to change the lyrics of that song, by the way, about any mundane thing that's happening the next day, you know. Uh, oh. Anyway, so we're, we're at that moment. And um, I would like, uh, Jim, I would like you to use this time to set us up for where, what Cabe has been doing since he left the coven and just kind of bring us up to speed on him because he's been off camera for quite a while. Um, oh, okay. If you have other ideas, that's cool. Uh, no, no, that's fine. Um, you see basically the blasted remnants of the house. It's still sort of like broken and, uh, and, and, and completely in ruin. You see him sort of like uh, sitting on uh, sort of like a soft chair in the middle of 
all this stuff. There's things sort of burning in the background, and he's sort of uh, and you, and you, there's a bottle of Jack and a glass, and he's drinking out of it. And he seems to be flipping through his phone, um, and uh, basically, uh, at, it, you sort of zoom in behind him and down onto the phone, and it's a bunch of lists of contacts, and uh, there there are notes on his list of contacts that are called "kill no kill." Um, and you, you see that there is uh, next to him one of the 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 uh, cane and uh, 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 umbrella buckets, but they're filled with all kinds of little swords and and knives and stuff next to him. And he's sort of just playing with it mindlessly with one hand and the other. And then uh, he puts his phone. He stands up, puts his phone in his pocket grabs a blade out from under it, sticks it under his, uh, under his jacket, and you see him walk out and there's a bunch of crows out by his car and they see him and just flutter away like an abject terror. And, there's a, and you just close in on his, fate, on his mouth and there's a smirk as that happens and he ent- enters the car with, and then you just see his eyes in the rearview mirror with uh, a, a gleam of sinister intent. So he hasn't gotten any better. Didn't like do any self reflection or anything. Uh, he is on a mission to be a soldier, and he f- believes that he's already sort of sacrificed his soul to be able to do that. So he's dead on intent on finishing what he started. Uh, but uh, at, at the the list of of people, none of them are witches or any kind of uh, supernatural. They all seem to be mortals. And uh, his intent is to move, remove any mortal opposition that the witches might have to take down um, uh, the person that's trying to summon the crow. Uh, so he's sort of uh, relegated himself to removing any obstacles in whatever way he can that may be mortal obstacles to ensure that that happens. So technically, still sort of on the player character's side, he's just doing it in a way that's repellent and repulsive to them, and formally himself. Awesome. Uh, before we move on, Jim, you might want to check your audio. You're coming in a little faint for me. I don't know if that's true for everyone, but okay, I can I can adjust that. Okay, who's next on the montage? I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll go. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I I think Abigail uh, has started um, staying at her dad's house. Um, the train station's getting crowded, and actually, so I think I think she's brought Raven there. I think Raven is also staying there because it's very safe there. Her dad has guns, which normally Abigail disapproves of, but in this particular situation might come in handy, though actually probably not because witches would just like turn them into like dust. But superficially, she feels safer. Um, So uh, she's just, you know, she's in that space where like it feels awkward to be staying with your parents as yourself in this space that still has all these photos of the old you. Um, But uh her dad is is really trying and is doing a much better job with the pronouns which is you know the the hardest battle of them all 
and uh, you know, they're, they're, they, they, I think we open on them on Abigail um, making a nice meal for the three of them because it's uh, her mom's gone and her siblings are all moved out, so it's just the, the three of them right now. Um, yeah, and I have a vague sense that 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 Abigail knows her siblings are going to come over for Christmas Day and meet the real her, but that exists after the end of this game, so. Thing that I know is true. <laughs> I'd like to add that um, I, I think Raven needs a change of clothes at some point, so probably has to wear uh, Abigail's mother's like old sweaters and stuff, and looks mm-hmm. completely out of character for her. But yeah. she probably doesn't seem to mind. <laughs> yeah, or she's got like you know some of one of my sisters uh, like oh. like cheer cheerleader outfits or something. <laughs> <laughs> like like the whatever whatever where we Salem high cheer jacket or something. Yeah. <laughs> no. Gosh, that's a hard one. Because uh, I think some of it might be dependent on what Albert's up to. Oh, well can, then that's a nice go. pass. Okay, <clears throat> I can go. Um, I think in the past week Albert has been. Um still trying to reach out and map out where pockets of um, surviving witches or witches that might still be able to be turned from Lola. But, and he's hoping to find more than just witches from the inverted um, coven, um, witches that uh, aren't just in this because they hate the seven. Um, And he's, been plotting and mapping these locations on this giant map of the U.S. and he's realizing um, there's only one train and there are pockets of people all over the nation um, which is that need help which is that are ready to stand but need to be extracted from where they are or which is that are facing attacks alone and they're trying to hold out and Albert's just been racking himself with how do we reach all of them? Um, by his desk, he has been scribbling one name over and over and over, and it's just the name Alice. Um, while all that's going on, he's making sure that Argyle... Um, <laughs> Argyle and his gang, his group, uh, are, are, are being brought in and... Um, made comfortable but at the same time albert doesn't want this to just become another inverted circle coven like he just this isn't about creating an anti-seven coven this is still a hearth this is still for the protection of witches and he's just keeping an eye on all of that does albert manage to bring in other witches I think there. I think witches are coming. I think right now the problem is there are witches that are ready to join in and want the help and hear the message, but they're being attacked and they need to be gotten. They need backup. They need support. And this is the this is this is the resistance. It's like this train station and whoever's here is all we've got right now. Okay, that actually helps me a lot because I feel like. Mel was sort of drafted into this because of of Albert. And I think that Mel has probably been going out and helping collect some of these witches for um, 
for this this group and for this resistance and is being largely successful. Jennifer is also going with her and they're, you know, managing to rescue some of them, but some of the missions are a failure, or at least that's what she's telling Albert when she comes back. All right. Um, I think we should, let's see. I, I think we should start with momentum just to get things going. The, uh, the one thing I wanted to mention is that a uh, terrible snow has descended. It was like one of those, one of the first big winter storms of the region. And, uh, it's dumped a couple of feet overnight. And there's, it's, it's like, the only reason it's 20 degrees is because the snow has caused some insulation. But it's, it's really cold. And it's brutal out there. Also, um, witches have started to arrive for the solstice. The highway leading into town is completely backed up with, uh, trailers vans winnebago's all manner of like transports uh there must be 60 70 vehicles just on the way in and many of them are sort of stuck and stranded and it's starting to look like that scene from you know woodstock where people are starting just to get out of their cars to hike because it's safer um and uh, the uh st- the state troopers are doing their best to kind of help that there isn't enough room for everybody that's coming in and nobody in the town understands why there's this influx of strange people. Um, the ho- the one hotel is already booked. Um, and so the church has opened its doors for people. It's a, it's like this sort of onslaught of, of hundreds of people. And that's just on like this night and there are more coming. We have a cover story for this. It sounds like we don't. Like this is the kind of movie that we would prepare for to be like, yeah, a bunch of people are coming for the the knitting convention. I don't know. Like this has to be arousing suspicion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The town is very freaked out by this. Right. Um, and like I said, the state troopers are kind of there trying to mitigate. The church has opened its doors, but yeah, it's very, it, pretty soon the uh, amount of people arriving will supersede the amount of people in Salem. Okay. So that's um, the situation. And I'm just going to try to drop it there. This is a momentum. So what do you want to do? That means you need to choose your aspect. Um, Jim, this is the beginning of a chapter. You have five charms that you can spend however you want. Or you can just blurt things out and not spend anything, and I'll say, yeah, go with that. Groovy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try to actually follow the leather of the rules on this one. <laughs> 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 but I would like to say that uh, all the rooms in the hotel, Cabe has actually put, like, slipped a little note underneath each, each door. Uh, with uh, a picture of the uh, of um, Albert's mom, he goes. Have you seen this woman? Extremely dangerous. Apprehend immediately if seen. Uh, Kaliska, that's right. There you go. 
Oh, also, I need a, the 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 Ravens and the Crows, which has become such a normal sight around town as of late, um, are reaching a ridiculous quantity. Like they're swarming like locusts in spots of the town. There are millions of them. And, oh, oh, oh. And in fact, the um, the state has has issued some uh, emergency um, officials to kind of help deal with this situation, and they are coming in with their white vans and unmarked cars. Mm-hmm. Just to add that on top of that, did you have something else, Jim? Yeah. Uh- Cabe actually changes into uh, a sort of a denim outfit and he takes a sackcloth uh, bag and puts it over his head with eye holes crudely cut out so he looks like a scarecrow and he is going to be wearing that during his murderous rampage. Oh my god. (laughs) That's horrifying. (laughs) I love it. Oh my god. (laughs) Ooh. All right, um, and just so I'm going to switch to the desktop real quick. So we can see the conflicts. I don't think I had audio there. Uh, but the big one, of course, coming is uh, the solar eclipse. Kaliska, Battle Crow, there's a revolution coming. Lola, Ravens and Crows. These are all the things that are happening. So what do you do? I have an idea, but it's, I'm just not sure how I feel about it. (laughs) Um, Those are the best. (laughs) I think that there's been some rumors amongst um, the witches that there's somebody besides just the, the actual police, like hunting them down. Like, it seems like there's just a lot of whispers right now about, disappearances um because not to put too fine a point on it mel and jennifer have been picking off some of the witches but she's not telling anybody else this we'll just have that as a carryover from the um montage Okay. I added a conflict called witch hunting. All right. Well, then at this point, Joseph returns to the train station for the first time in a week. You haven't seen him. Um, he looks battered, torn, beaten, weak, hungry. Um, he's partially frozen over. He's so cold he can't even really remove his waterlogged gloves. Um, And he sees all of the people in there and smiles before falling over. Uh, Albert will run up and go and see if he can tend to him. Frostbitten. He seems to be in critical shape. Okay. Um. 
Albert's going to gesture for help to see if there are any witches that can do some magic about it, because this is not, healing is not what Albert does. Um, <laughs> but he's he's going to stay by Joseph and um, just see that he gets mended, because Albert has questions. There are um, a motley crew in here. So, you know, just gesturing, hey, fellow revolutionary, will you help my friend? May not be as easy as you expect. So let's go ahead and do a move on that. The conflict is um, Joseph is troubled, and you'll be rolling a rally, which is mercy. Mm, okay, I am in mother, so mm, doesn't help. Okay. And it's just the, uh, sorry, I forget what system we're, this is just the D6, right? Uh, 2D6 plus your mercy. Plus the, okay, gotcha. Uh, Six. Six, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. (laughs) Well, conflict's still in play. Mm. Okay. Um. Um, Argyle cool. walks over with his uh, scotch. Looks at him. Too bad. What do you mean, too bad? He's a goner. Can't have lead weight here. I'll pour something for him. And he, you know, pours some of the bottle out on the ground. Ashes to ashes and all that, right? Here, I'll this put him out of his misery. He takes out a pistol. Um, Albert is going to do a magic about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn cause, it, Argyle. Because if not, okay. Mel is going to do a thing about it. Yeah. Um... What would Albert actually do? Well, if Mel uh, has an idea. She can jump in before you. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I think Mel should get the initiative on this because Albert's going to do something different, actually. Mel can move extremely fast now and yes, snaps can. in front of Argyle, puts a hand on the gun, and goes, Do you want to incite a frenzy? Uh, so this sounds like intimidate, right? So you're you're um, enforcing your will mm-hmm. against Argyle. Go for it. That's severity. Oh, that's always good for me. Yep, always a plus. Should yeah. always do things severely. <laughs> um. So I have. Hold on. How many points do I have in severity? Hold on a second. If you're in crone, you probably have three. Yeah, I'm in crone, so. Uh, I have 10. All right. That is definitely resolved. Uh, and you tell nice. me what happens. I took him off the board, so you can narrate for him if you want. Um, I think there there's no question, I'm sure, within this time that um, 
they've all been spending together that it's it's pretty obvious to them what Mel is. So I think Argyle just cowers back. He tries to throw like a snide remark back, but Mel is just steely-eyed and not even moving at all. And he just feels like he backs down from it. But you can tell that He's going to keep his eyes on her from now on. So uh, back at the at the um, house, is Abigail? What uh, is, is there anything going on about the, this influx of people at the homestead? I think maybe Dad has gone off to the church probably yeah. after mm-hmm. dinner to help. Yeah, and you know, um, I think maybe there's a couple people staying in the basement. Um, but not like it, like the house is not overrun with them because it's going to be soon. It's going to be Christmas and kids are going to be coming. The the siblings are going to be coming home from college and all of that. The house is going to be full again. So, but yeah, I think there's a couple randos that are staying in the basement and uh, Raven is sleeping in the guest room and I'm in my childhood bedroom. Um, I want to text Cabe. Can I text Cabe? Do you have a phone Cabe? Oh, Cabe doesn't go anywhere without his phone. Mm, okay, I'm going to text Cabe. Um, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I'm just going to write, I'm intrigued by the things you've been saying. Can we meet? Um, you get a text back uh, that goes, Sure. Uh, where would you like to meet? Uh, where your family? <laughs> I was not going to pick the Olive Garden, but now I feel this strong obligation. No, Abigail. Abigail doesn't want to pick the Olive Garden for reasons. Um. Mm. Good. Yeah, there is, I, I see what you're doing there. There yes. is a so there's this old Lutheran church on the like outs like five miles outside of town that is um, mostly mostly not used anymore. There's a handful of people who come here every week, and there it, it shares a pastor with the Lutheran church in town. Um, but it's never locked, and Abigail knows it's never locked, and. Um, uh, so she sends you, she drops you a pin to that church, which of course you've seen. Everybody drives by it on the way into town. So, uh, so she says, how about 1030? Sure thing. Now, uh, Chris, mm-hmm. I marked long ago on my character sheet that my refuge is churches or temples. Does that mean a dang thing? <laughs> Uh, no, not mechanically, I'm afraid. Okay, well, I'm going to give myself a bonus to my rolls if you won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you roll at, at, wool, at wheel. Not at wheel. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so that's going to happen. We have a um, critically, uh, I don't know, I hesitate to call him injured, just like, you know, frozen and weary uh, witch at, at the uh, train station. Uh, he seems to be fading fast. Um, 
Can I do a magic about it? Yeah, of course. Uh, it's not going to save his life, but maybe at least find out what was going on with him. Because mm-hmm. I have a divination spell that lets me speak within the minds of any witch. Okay. Yeah, that that's totally doable. Your um, rolling against Joseph is in trouble. Okay. I think that's a wisdom, probably. Yeah. Which doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> Ouch. I got four. All right. So you're, it, it, how does the divination work? How do you... Um, how do you try to connect with him? Uh, I'm going to spend a point. Okay. He looks extremely tasty. <laughs> Very extremely tasty and vulnerable right now. It's literally like a cold drink. Well, it's definitely why the divination didn't work. I think that normally, like, physical contact makes it easier. And I think as Mel goes to reach for him, he coughs and, like, a little, like, burble of blood comes up and, like, drips down the side of his face. And she just recoils as fast as possible, which is really creepy fast. All right, so he's dying. Um, you don't Albert know how much is he has going. Him. Albert's going to attempt a blessing. Uh, nothing of the natural world can harm the subject, including weather, natural disasters, animals, or hunger or thirst. I don't know if there's something supernatural, but maybe I can buy him some time. All right, um, go ahead and roll for that. Okay, that's thrown. So that would be. And it's out of my aspect. So is that at? Uh, uh, no, it, it rolls just normal in a mon- in a okay. momentum. Yeah, gotcha. Seven. All right. Well, that's better than six. <laughs> it is better than six. All right. Uh, uh, so, what does the blessing look like? Um, I think color. So, is this considered a mixed success or? Yeah, it, it, it it's the, uh, okay. it's going to take care of the natural problems, but there are other problems with okay. them you can't fix. I'll okay. get into I that once he, I see what it looks like. I th- I think color starts to return to him. He's breathing on his own more naturally. He's not fully back. There's obviously something else going on with him, but um, I think physically he's going to be okay. But we don't know what else he's battling i think i think you, you find out really the, you, you find out really quickly what he's battling because when he gets his okay. senses back he says mm. she's seeing through my eyes you have to break the curse or kill me or cast me out she knows where you are now the thirst she brought ins- me here the thirst inside mel's brain goes he needs to die it's the oh, yeah. perfect opportunity uh, I'm, I'm way I'm way ahead of you there. I think Mel is actually gonna sweep in real fast and drain this dude. Is anybody going to try to stop Mel? Well, anybody by I guess I mean Albert. Is Albert gonna try to stop Mel? Oh my god, I hate this moment so much. Um <laughs> Actually, where's um Crow Girl? Uh she is with Abigail. Okay. He's with me. We're friends. 
um, Albert is going to stand up and just shout enough, and he's going to do the Gandalf voice thing and project his voice a bit louder than it naturally is with the wind. No more death. Okay, so not in this station. Sorry, I took away your moment. That's that. That, that was the whole moment. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the conflict is vamp out, and what you're rolling is um, uh, against Mel. Uh, if you roll well, she'll get an incentive to listen to you. If you roll poorly, she gets an incentive oh not to God. listen to you. Okay. Roll poorly. But she doesn't have to um, do anything. She can just do what she does. Right, right. Um, what was the – is it rally? Is uh, it... I think it's his moral stand. Oh, that's a different game. Damn. Make a stand. <laughs> Make a stand. Thank you. That's great American novels. That's called wisdom. Yeah. Okay. So I get a plus one on that. Okay. Well, let's see what happens. Seven. Oh, eight. Eight. Okay. So that means, uh, uh, Mel, you get a um, an experience point if you go along with him in whatever aspect you're in. Or you can just ignore it and not get the experience point and bamp out as much as you want. Well, if I take that experience point, that's good times for me because I'm in crone and that's sort of my favorite. Oh, no, this wasn't magic. I'm sorry. You don't get experience. You get charm, which isn't as interesting. Uh... Sorry. Oh. If he was hitting you with magic, it would be experience. I'm sorry, I got that wrong. So you get a charm. pretty cool too. <laughs> you can do a lot with charm, actually. No, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not trying to. Anyway. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Is it? Is it? Is it? But you did roll well, and I don't want to be an asshole. He rolled. Hmm. Roll no, well no, enough, like, dude. No, like please be Mel, because that that makes it really. cool great for Albert okay too. i think let me frame it then i think the moment that you say that mel has already moved to the body and is already there like the blurble verbal blood that had like run down she's actually like licking that blood away and just gives albert the most feral look and stops for a moment but isn't quite a hundred percent there okay and like, the last of his strength actually pulls her towards his neck. <laughs> All right, that's two plot points Jim has spent in this chapter. He has three more, okay. so watch out. Okay, yeah. so that happens. Mm. Yeah, I think there's not going to be any resistance after that. If he does, if he literally is pulling Mel in, she's just she's going to clamp down on his neck and just start drinking. Albert's just going to shout, "Not here!" As as he shouts that, Mel can see like the entire train station watching, which is probably what do you think is in there. You you had narrative control over how many you gathered, so how many people are in there? Is that up to me or mm-hmm. Mel? Yeah, because during your montage, you gather okay. people. I just don't know mm-hmm. the number. Yeah. I would say there's it's a pretty good number. I would say there's about forty people. Albert lifts up. Albert lifts up his sleeve slowly and shows her the the gouge wound that he inflicted on himself to drain his own blood. Mel Don't forget is, who you are. Mel is gone. Cuckoo, bye bye. Like yeah, there's no, just that's there's not, none of her left in her eyes awesome. right now. That's um, witch blood too. So. Yeah, so it's like super yeah, and it's fresh super powerful, and it's from the super spigot. filling. 
And yeah, from like somebody who is like extremely powerful too. Is this a good time for Abigail to return to the? I mean, sure. She's got to stop by at some point. Yeah. She's got to stock up. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So uh, Abigail comes in, Raven with like a letter jacket. I'm picturing her in like this yeah. letter jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Jeans that are too big for her, you know. Has the little like has the little like megaphone right here because it's uh yeah, it's uh Abigail's sister. Um it says Stacy on it. <laughs> and there is a vampire feed oh I mean Mel feeding on Joseph in the middle of the ruins of the train station as forty some odd witches are standing around watching. What the shit? While that's happening, Albert's just going to kneel down and just hold Joseph's hand and just recite what little he knows of Bible verse and just tries to do what, what he can to ease his passing. Raven is suddenly, also, in, fl- Raven is suddenly in flight, mm-hmm. launching herself towards Mel. She is forming into a raven, busting through that letter jacket. As she forms. Uh, I have a spell I want to do. Oh. Yeah. I, 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 I think the second I said, what the shit, I shifted into crone. I had been planning being crone anyway, because it's, you know, very, um, yeah. So uh, this spell is protect the subject from powers that harm the spirit or soul, keep them from condemnation, possession, or banishment. I am going to cast that on Joseph uh, and attempt to un-vampire him. I can't really reverse the physical damage. I mean, I can't yet. I, I have another spell that can do that, but like, it feels a little uncouth to do it while he's being drunk. I'm going to try to keep him from being vampired. Mm. Um, well, you can keep his... Okay, so let me make sure I understand the spell. You can keep his soul from being damned, basically. Right, I can yeah. keep his soul from being damned, and I think... It, uh, I do think that because a vampire is a power that harms the spirit or soul, yeah. I think it would become like repellent in some way, you know? Like, well, I think like- the, I think the deed's been done, but because mm-hmm, she right. drained him, but the big right. butt is what happens to his soul. So, okay. So you're rolling. I think given everything that's been going on, that probably Mel would have to actually consciously try and make him a vampire. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have vampire rules, really. Uh, they're very, very Because if it was just everybody that she drained, there will be a few more vampires mm-hmm. wandering around right now. Tell me when, tell, uh, tell me when you're done drinking, because I have a thing I can do. And now. Hey, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, yeah, I'm going to uh, return Joseph's spirit to his body to resurrect him from death as long as the body is habitable and can sustain life, such as without decay, disease, or dismemberment. We're going to have to like figure out a way to patch up those holes in his neck, but we should be able to get him back to life. He's only recently dead. so Mostly dead. All right, so that's uh, jo- Joseph is dead, I guess, yeah. uh, is the conflict. Yeah, so... And while you're casting this, uh, Raven's in full flight. So this is all happening very quickly. Okay. We have to so, deal with that. That is a 10. Okay. Damn. Well, I'll take that off the board. You tell me what happens. Yeah. Um, it's like. Oh, and you get an experience in Chrome. Uh, so, it's. Oh. 
I'm sorry to interrupt again, but you get experience in the aspect of that spell. Okay, Which I cool. think was Maiden. Yes, that's a Maiden spell. Yes. Uh, it's like you, she can feel Joseph's spirit like drifting out the door, you know? And it's clear that like because of the weird unfinished state in which all this was left, he's going to like hang out in this plane for a long time. So she just kind of reaches out and just like grabs him and pulls him back and shuttles him through her body and grabs the hand of his body. And it's almost like a balloon, like coming back to life. It's like uh, just all of a sudden the color returns and he just kind of reinflates uh, and sits up. And um, yeah, he's, uh, I assume that the thing in his neck is still, not great, but maybe they can bandage it or something. Well, it's we'll hard. To, it's hard to tell what his state is because, like, and the moment that he is coming back to life, uh, Mel is being tackled by a fully formed raven kind. And uh, from Mel's perspective, I mean, it's just like this massive bird is coming, and and just the beaks are it, it's in full attack, and that does snap you out of your bloodlust. But now you're in like a very serious situation. Okay. Raven has um, attacked you. You recognize this as her. Unless there are some other raven kind you don't know about that weren't murdered yeah. by Cape. Um Since it's an attack, though, I think I would still try and defend myself, sure. especially snapping out of this. Um, what kind of role would I need to like physically defend myself? Uh, protect. Just mercy. Um, or you can lash out. The severity. Let's lash out. Okay. <laughs> that means you're solving the problem with violence. You know, just... Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, what was Albert's mom's name again? Um, Kaliska. Kaliska. Uh, That's an 11. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so you get another charm. Um, Ra- Raven is... Uh, Raven's not on the board, so if you want to control her, you can. You have narrative control. Okay. Um, I think, like, as she's actually diving at me, I stand up and throw out an arm and manage to catch her right in the throat, and I'm just holding her at arm's length from me. It's done. It's over. And just and what set does she her do? back down. I think she probably flails a lot and I just tighten my grip a little bit and finally she realizes that if she doesn't stop struggling the grip's going to become too tight and kind of gets sort of a resigned slump to her and Mel sets her on the ground I can't change what I am any more than you can change what you are, and he wanted to die. So, uh, Raven in full Raven form flies out of the train station. And there's some strange silence as Joseph begins coughing, life slowly returning bleeding out on the frozen floor of the abandoned train station. Excellent. Um, so 
here's another charm point. <laughs> uh, during the embrace, you see um, Albert's mom sort of going, oh, 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 because she's seeing through his his eyes. And she drains him and sucks up a portion of his soul. But the, the rider takes a ride with it. And then the last thing you see is her looking through Mel's eyes as she's choking the crow. Going, hmm, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> that makes sense. With the blood transfers. Oh. Yeah. Yikes. So I'm going to add another conflict. Kaliska sees through Mel. Am I aware of this or not? That's up to Jim. I'm going to say that the beast within you is aware, mm-hmm. but the mage within you is not. Okay. Uh, and the beast is keeping it as a bargaining chip right now. <clears throat> okay. Uh, after the silence extends for quite some time, Argyle scoffs just (laughs) I don't think this is going to work out he gestures his head and about two dozen or so of the witches begin walking out with him as long as the train stays yeah they're walking out I want to rally them. Okay. How are you going to do that? I want to stand up and give a speech. I'm like, I swear in the abandoned train stations, there's got to be like a ticket where the cat ticket taker was. Yeah. There's got to be like a counter I can get up on. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, I, I guess if I roll poorly, um, I'll have uh, the, the counter will just fall through and I'll break my ankle. But uh, <laughs> hopefully I'm going to roll well. You're rolling against defection. Rally is a... Probably wisdom, mercy, mercy. I don't know why, but I have a lot of mercy. So, <laughs> uh, thank God I do because that's a seven. All right. So, um, what is the overall? Me- I mean, you don't have to give the speech unless you want to. But what is the overall message of the speech? So Abigail has been trained in being a pastor. And that's maybe not the greatest like like tone to take in this situation, but she definitely has like public speaking ability. So she's like, basically, she's she's doing the you know um, yes, we have our differences, and yes, things are awkward and strange and weird, but we can come together and we can fix this. And I apologize for my friend sucking the blood out of that man, but look, he's fine. I fixed him. I brought him back to life. Uh, we can do this together and we will deal with our own because covens deal with their own. But what we're facing right now is bigger than just the problems of one coven. And when it's over, we will deal with Mel. And she looks at Mel and mouths, sorry. Mel looks furious. I don't know that I need to come up with a consequence beyond the fact that Mel is furious. <laughs> yeah. <probably. laughs> I think that's where, I think that's the uh, eight girl right there. 
okay. They they accept it, but they're looking at Mel with very concerned eyes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Joseph is still bleeding out on the ground. Barely, his, his breathing is very staccato, and he's having trouble stabilizing. Will somebody bandage him? Those wounds are still effective, but like we can't risk his spirit getting trapped here. And I don't know first aid, so if there's somebody here who can bandage him up, that should be fine. I have an appointment to keep. Well, I volunteer me is not it. <laughs> Albert begins to do what he can. Um, he stays by Joseph. Um, Albert's ready to let him go if that's what it comes to. But um, until it, something happens one way or another, Albert's just going to, I think, spend a lot of time by his side. All right. Uh, because the... Uh, the resurrection was successful. He's not going to die, but he is in a weak, sort of unstable state. Like, he needs to go to the hospital. There's, um... I'm going to put the conflict on the table. Uh, Joseph is in critical condition. Uh, so he's going to be basically useless until somebody fixes him. But he is alive. And as far as you know... The eyes of Kaliska are gone. All right. Uh, I think I want to switch to a uh, meeting just so that you guys can figure out what you need to do next. So you have total narrative control. Jim and I will sit in the back seat, answer questions. Do so we know what this train... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, do we know what this train runs on? Is it conventional fuel or is it... Did we establish it was powered by magic somehow? Uh, you have the impression of that, but since it's a meeting, you can decide that now. I'm going to decide that it will run like a mundane train, but it it does also take magic as a fuel or it can be magicked to do things. It's an artifact. Mm. And it probably isn't bound by time and space constrictions the way mundane trains are. And it might be able to be in several places at once. Um, Mel takes the back of her sleeve and like wipes it across her face. And looks at Albert. Now what? You seem pretty keen on that train. You've got your thinking eyes. It's time to rescue the seven. And gather any witches on the way. This is no longer safe. If Kaliska knows where we are, we have to keep moving. There's a voice inside your hell head, Mel, that says, oh, she knows. Is 
So I'm staying here. There's too much to do. And because Kaliska is a creature of the veil, I might have the best chance at withstanding her of all of us here. Abigail, can you bring back anyone from the other side? I mean, if I can find them, which is the trick, usually like I need an artifact or something that will allow me to establish a connection with them. But yeah, I can't guarantee they'll be like corporeal, but I can bring them to this side. And if we have somewhere to put them, yeah. But I'm fresh out of angels. Is it possible to trade places with someone if a person were willing In theory, but it's really tricky. Like, you'd have to time it exactly so one spirit left the body and the other entered at the exact same moment because otherwise the person would just fall over dead and then there'd be no body for anyone to inhabit. Um, I could maybe fix it, but that's beyond me. So it would have to be, like, super fucking precise. But in theory, yes. You'd have to use me as a, You'd have to use me as a conduit. And just hope that you could time it right. But I think I could sense, I think I could funnel one person through me, other through me, the other way. It would be a lot. I don't like this line of questioning, Albert. What are you thinking? Before this is done, I may have to ask you a favor. Okay. I just needed to know that this was possible. Um, don't. If you can... Are we talking about you doing this? Because that's... I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. I don't know that I am what we need right now. Really? After all of this? You don't think that... You rallied all of these people here? You've been doing all of this research and you're not what we need right now? Really? And yet blood is still spilt. Yeah, well, blame it on the person who did it, and that was me. Voice in your head, so blood is spilt. What's wrong with that? All of this started with my mother. I need to show her that she's wrong. And I don't know that I'm the one that can prove that to her. And exactly what candidate do you have in mind to do such a thing then, if you're not capable of all people? The the daughter that she always wanted. The one I shared the womb with. The one that gave her life to sustain mine. The daughter that was prophesied to bring balance, to bring change, to make the world safe for witches. There's still time to make that true. Why are you so sure that she's the one that's prophesied? How do you know it's not you? How do you know it's not me? How do you know it's not Mel? How do you know it's not? I mean, it's probably not Cade. But how do you know it's not Joseph? Like, When I look into the future, I don't see myself in it. 
You've been wrong about game. you've been wrong about things before, though. Yeah, and you might be just coloring your own visions here at this point. I don't know what else I can do. I, I wasn't meant to. I wasn't meant to lead a hearth coven. I was meant for war. I was meant to destroy. I know how to do that. I don't know how to protect people. I don't know how to keep them safe. Oh, you're so full of shit at this point, Albert. Look at everything that you've done up to this point and everything that you've done for the people around you. You cannot honestly believe that. It's not a matter of belief. I have never, ever looked at you and thought you were meant for war. You're meant for peace. You'll go to war if you have to, but... And I have to. We have to. We all have to. We all have to. That doesn't mean you don't belong here. That doesn't mean we should let something through we don't know about. That doesn't mean you should have me do a spell where if I screw up the tiniest part of it, you will drop dead, and both you and your sister will be trapped on this side of the the veil and um, will have to wander the earth as undead spirits. If that happens... She and I will take the battle to my mother on that side. No, you'd be stuck here. You'd be stuck here is what I'm saying. You can't get to the veil because it's it's how it works. You You would be not powerful enough to do anything to her on this side. I am saying... If I ask you to try, will you? I guess, but I'm not in the habit of helping people kill themselves. I'm in the habit of the exact opposite. That's why you're the only one I can trust with this. Fuck you, man. But okay. If and when, say the word. I've told you the risks. Mel, I'm not angry at you, nor do I blame you for anything. Joseph was compromised. He was used. He was corrupted by my mother. And he would have brought danger to all of us. I don't care if you're mad at me or not mad at me. I'm. What you're suggesting is just insane to me. These are insane times, Mel. Fine. You want to kill plan. yourself? Kill yourself. Like I'm, but I'm not going to be a part of that. It may not have to come to that, but if it does, I'm ready. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we need a plan. We cannot stand against Kaliska like this. We have to rally others, and if possible, we need to save what remains of the seven. What happened in New Orleans would not be enough to keep them suppressed forever. There should be a way to rescue them. If we can show the witches what was done, we might turn the tide against Lola and my mother.
Well, you guys worry about that. I'm going to stay here and look after things. I should get going. I have to deal with a couple things before bed. Oh, but you can't because we're switching into a menace chapter. What? So uh, determine your aspects. Yep. Uh, as uh, right after Abigail says that, the um, cat madam comes in with a crow in her mouth. Madam's gotten much bigger. <laughs> And she comes up to Mel and drops the crow at Mel's feet and looks up. There is a calm stillness, which is kind of hard to explain. It's almost like the storm paused for just a bit. And this is just a normal crow that has been brought to me? One of the millions that are in Salem right now. Sure. Thank you, uh, madam, but uh, I'm afraid your mighty kill is not going to help me too much, but I appreciate it. You hear a, a curt voice from the doorway, the threshold of the large train station, and she says, well, that is quite a familiar you have. Lola standing in the threshold. She has a nice, you know, probably $2,000 coat she purchased from some place you've never heard of. Her hair is perfect. She's wearing a scarf. Very nice snow boots. She's standing in the threshold of the train station, which is a massive, massive threshold. Used to hold thousands of people as they came in and out, and she's just right in the middle of it. Dilapidated walls around her, wind whisking around, and she's smiling. Jim, you have five more. Well, you've been replenished to five charm. I want this deal. This is really good. <laughs> Can I resolve my character now? I feel like we need to balance this out. What if all of us resolved our characters? Like, how does the system account for that? <laughs> it's been the battle of tokens. Then it becomes a true storytelling game. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Then there should just be cards with topics and just like, okay, let's just tell a story. <laughs> Albert holds his breath. Uh, actually, I'd like to move to a quick little aside scene. Okay. Um, and uh, to with uh, Mel sort of like inside her own head and uh, all of a sudden the, the room that she's in just sort of slows. You can sense the wind sort of stops and everything sort of freezes. Uh, and things go gray. And the place just sort of looks like a lit, empty gray room. And somebody that looks just like Mel walks up to Mel, except for she kind of... Uh, do you remember Suicide Squad? The, the bad guy witch? Yeah. Yeah, she sort of is dressed kind of like that and is looking kind of like that, very kind of feral, very ancient almost. Um, 
and looks just like you. And it goes, do you really want to succeed at this? Succeed at what? I don't know. What you're doing is very confusing. Yeah, everything's a little murky right now. The lines have gotten a little blurred for me since I made a interesting life choice. Oh, well, the thing is, there are other people that are far more aware about what's going on, and you're helping them. She's knocking at my door. She's asking for favors. And frankly, she is very well equipped to give me something I want. Can you give me something I want? What do you want? Hmm, I don't know. I like, uh, I like to um, feed on things that are old and powerful. You sense that hunger. You feel it as well. It's part of you now. I'm part of you now. We're together in this, you know. But if she makes me do things. Well, I don't think that she has as much control as she thinks she does. I think you don't have as much control as you think you do. Like, I'm done talking to myself. I just... I need to focus. I need to focus. I need to focus. We're in a menace. Is there a conflict you want to introduce to him? Yes, the conflict is I know something you don't know. Okay. So to get out of the state, she needs to roll. What would you like me to roll? Um, hmm, Let's see. I should have at least a character sheet open. <laughs> it could just be protect. But that doesn't protect. really that doesn't yeah. really help Mel very much. No, it certainly <laughs> does not. Um and, but basically she just goes to you. Do any of these things around you mean anything to you now? Is it important for your continued existence? It's not just about my existence. It's never just been about my existence. Well, that is more true than you know. When you ate the man, the holy man, something else entered you. Something he had something that forced itself on him. It now dwells here too. The eyes have seen everything. And it, it's tempting me to do more. I can be rid of it, but what can you offer me? If we get through this and we get to the goal that we're headed towards, there's going to be a lot of things to feast on and there's going to be a lot of old things specifically to feast on this thing that's offering me, this woman that's offering me things she she would be enticing 
I can get what I want one of one of two ways. But we've already had a partnership, and I know you best. This actually is turning into more of a navigate others to get out of the situation. If you can offer enough to tantalize the beast. The crow I mean, girl looks tasty. So much power. You know what we could do with all that power? I couldn't hurt her. Why not? Why is she so important? She's not even one of you. She's not even one of the things that you used to be. She is, though. And she was family. Which is something I don't have a lot of. Oh, but you have so much family. And you can create your own, too. Easily. And actually, after you're done, you can make her into your family if you'd like. No, I couldn't do this to anybody else. No. Of course you can. You've already done it. You've trapped their souls. If it wasn't for the confused one, they would still be trapped. All right. No. Let's, see, let's see how this adjudicates. All right. So it's a mercy roll? Uh, I think this is navigate others. Let's make it wisdom. Oh. You're trying Slightly to, less bad. Yeah, you're trying to keep the beast at bay, basically. Six. Okay, so Jim, oops, what happens? <laughs> uh, so basically, the other you sort of like reaches, sort of lunges at you, and you sort of recoil a little bit with the blinding speed that it has versus you, mm-hmm. and you see it sort of pluck something from over your head, almost as if they were uh, a set of eyes that were floating over you, and she grabs at him and brings them down to your level and just sort of crushes them in her clawed hand and it just turns to ash and you and you hear a scream he goes you are now indebted to me i have helped you i didn't have to help you i'm removing time comes i may call upon it and boom you're back to reality i'm removing kaliska seaster mill that's no longer on the board Mm-hmm. And Mel just kind of shakes her head and tries to reorient herself. Lola standing in the threshold. Out of the frying pan into the fire, as they say. <laughs> Can has- we help you? Oh, I just wanted to see how the lodgings were. We're all here to see the solstice, aren't we? You should leave. I think you're right. Can't this help place is but a notice. I cannot help but notice a sad shortage of other sisters. Yeah, they've been uh, tragically lost to us. It's a shame. But there's room now for six more witches who prove themselves in these trying times. What a place for the solstice solar eclipse in the middle of this storm, in the middle of nowhere. I imagine we won't even get to see it. It's a shame. So much hype. Enjoy your stay while you can. 
think I will. And the beams of the floors above you in the train station all begin to crack and crumble. Now this, to give you an idea, is a massive building. It's, you know, of the old new Baroque style that were prominent in the 50s. Huge building, lots of arches, lots and lots and lots and lots of stone. And some of the beams are buckling all of a sudden. She's just looking up. Albert's going to try to cast a curse on the sly. Um, or actually a blessing. Um, nothing of the natural world can harm the subject, but the subject is going to be the train. Okay. So he's going he's gonna to make it look like, yeah, she's destroying the station, but secretly keep the train undamaged. All right, you're rolling against Lola. Of course I am. <laughs> um, is this, uh, is, uh, is this within, yeah, is this when you're asking? It's, it's in, uh, I'm in Crone, and it's it's a Crone. Uh, okay, yeah, then it's just a regular roll. Regular. Okay. Seven. Barely. Well, the good news is um, I'm... Subduing the Lola conflict. The bad news is Lola's now subdued, so this will escalate pretty quickly. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so the she, the uh, the train is enchanted. You're trying to do it on the sly, uh, but the catch yeah. is she noticed. Okay, and she's immediately she, she now this is all outright stuff mm. happening, and she immediately reaches her mm. hand out, and the train is now. You know, Jedi style, popping off of the track and levitating. And in this moment, mm. you see five, six figures kind of just appear behind her, like they're like they're you know Harry Potter appearing, you know, just behind her. And there's just like mm. you can see kind of an arsenal of people, maybe more than a dozen. It's hard to tell because they're past the threshold, and they're starting to march in with her. Can I do a magic about it? Of course you can. I would like to curse her. Okay. Or try to, so. Now, the uh, this is the problem. Conflict is, uh, the only conflict really that would work here is subdued. So you'll either need to spend a charm to go after Lola again, or I'll escalate it and give you a charm. Uh, I'll spend a charm, because okay. I have a few sure. um, to go after her again. And I got a nine. Okay. Subdue her again. Now, what were you casting? The subject will age exponentially and become incredibly weak or ill, and they <laughs> will be extremely ineffective at things with which they once excelled. Awesome. So she, um, as the spell describes, begins to creak herself, and she drops the train <laughs> and kind of crumbles over and is now... Uh, furiously looking over Mel because she saw where the curse came from. There is something coming your way. You can't tell, but she has just blurted out probably Greek. You don't really know. Okay. So Mel is being cursed. Bitch, I'm already cursed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Anybody else want to jump in while this is happening? I'm going to do a curse against her. Um, I assume I need to to spend a charm to be 
Okay. Well, there goes my only charm. Gosh. <laughs> Jim's got some to despair. Yeah, please give me some charm, Jim. Um, I, uh, my charm I'm... is non-transferable. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to attempt to curse her in mind the way that um, um, Mel just cursed her in body. The uh, the curse is, uh, or this is a divination, rather. You bind spirits to the physical realm either by forcing them to relive the same experience repeatedly or by removing their access to the afterlife. The souls will be lost without guidance. I want to trap her in an endless loop of being forced to, like, remember the worst thing she did. Okay. Okay, actually, it occurs to me, um, if you're doing this in retaliation to the fact that she's about to curse Mel, you don't have to spend a charm because there's a conflict Ooh. for that. Still got my charm. I'm hanging on to it because I want to do the stupidest thing ever at the end of this session. So. <laughs> um, all right. Um, so this is. Well, this is plus wisdom, so I don't need to modify anything. Is this within your aspect? Yes. Okay, so you get a, just a regular roll. Yeah. Oh no, I got a I got a six. Okay. Uh, we'll come back to that in just a sec because at this point, uh, the train station is being is it, it, starting to fall apart. The uh, the forty or some odd other witches that are in there are also in full movement, trying to get things rolling on their side. But there are witches behind her, so this full on battle is erupting, and it's 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 taking the station apart. You're you're seeing people completely eviscerated before your eyes. Just you're seeing people crumble to dust. You're seeing some people come back up out of dust. And it's just this full-on onslaught happening all around you. But the focus, obviously, is between what you're doing and Lola. So, um, okay. Oh, I have to decide what the curse is. All right, she's bringing down many, many tons of stone on top of Mel. And and she's kind of doing it. It's taking a while, but she kind of she yanks. And the Abigail's spell kind of just passes through her. And you think it's probably because she's not entirely present. Mm-hmm. And so, as soon as the stones start falling and the beams are collapsing on top of Mel, which since we're witches, you can kind of see it frame by frame. Um, you know that Mel's about to be crushed. But as that's coming, um, Lola's body goes limp. And Abigail sees her spirit in full sprint running at her. And she's just she's got her fists up and she's coming at you from beyond the veil. And you can actually feel sort of like a supersonic push as the, as the air is compressing between her spirit and you. And it's about to hit. Pow! That's all happening kind of all at once. Anything else you want to add, Jim? You know what? No, you're doing oh, a great job. Man. All right. <laughs> Let's keep it going then. Um, In the meantime, witches are fighting. Question, though. Mm-hmm. Is, I, I, I'm not stuck to being purely antagonistic. I can actually put things that actually effectively help. Oh, yeah. You, you can do whatever you want. You can introduce whatever truth you want. Okay. Uh, the... This sick uh, and broken form of the witch 
that was devoured and resurrected that was basically a puppet for evil um, sees the, all of that uh, stone coming down at Mel and he goes God forgives and you see the last little bit of his energy go out to form sort of like a, uh, a, there's a, basically a protective set of white wings sort of like just appear around Mel's character and the stone falls on them and then they whoosh apart and she is completely unharmed underneath them. But he dies as he does that with his last bit of strength. Yeah, a quarter of the entire train station was pulled down onto Mel. And so now you're seeing a sort of this post-apocalyptic ruins of part of the train station and the storm is coming in, filling up this, this train station with snow. Um, a spear is hitting Abigail. So what do you want to do about that? I want to protect myself. Um, I think it's just like instinctual. She reaches for any spirit that happens to be around because there's always a couple ghosts around and just like basically um, uses them to form a shield between herself and Lola, uh, assuming it works. Mm-hmm. Um, You're confronting Lola spirit attacking? Yeah, just sort of a ghostly human shield. (laughs) Come on, seven. Oh, even better. That's a nine. Oh, okay. Wow. With the high rolls. (laughs) I'm only rolling mercy where I got plus two. Every time I don't do that, it goes poorly. (laughs) So, uh, this, the spirit that you grab is actually a recently a spirit that was just a, a once a witch a moment ago, yeah. and is kind of standing in shock as they've lost their body, and is suddenly thrown in front of Lola, and just evaporates. Um, Lola's spirit has also evaporated; it's sort of like canceled each other out, and you can't tell now where she is. I mean, uh, knowing what you know as Hecate, she's not gone, but she's just not here. And her I, body is still there. I want to... I want to do a spell to open uh, a portal to the veil and um, just get her out of here. Because if I can get her spirit gone long enough, her body will die. Well, that's the thing. You don't know where her spirit is. It almost like got canceled out by that other spirit. Right. But you can still use your divination to kind of locate yeah okay mm. yeah I want to um, awareness I think is what I'm going to roll um, to just sort of like feel out where she might be I think I have like ghost radar <laughs> spirit radar you can use divination it just would be at wheel um, yeah I, I don't know if I have a great uh Awareness works, though. You're Hecate. You, could, you do have Ghost Dart. What's that? Oh, Ghost Dart? Yeah, yeah, you do I, have that. Yeah. I'm just going to see if I can find her. It's easy. Yeah, that's a nine. Okay. Um, All right. Yes, you have you have located her, but she is currently inhabiting a body outside. Another Another witch. Okay. Do I know which one? Uh, you can. You have an idea. It's like a you kind of general idea. You don't know who though. 
Okay. There are so many. Okay, what now? There's kind of a pause as things are kind of recalibrating. Just as in this moment, you look around, you can see that at least half of your coven is gone, dead, or you don't know what. And there are about 12 coming in. The building is barely standing. You're sort of, you're more like in a facade now because most of the walls and ceilings have collapsed. So you're sort of standing in the stony ruins of a train station. Um, the train, completely unmarked, untouched, dropped back on the rail. Uh, and these these shadowy figures figures are coming in. These witches are like they're wearing robes and hoods. You can't identify who they are. Not that you would know them necessarily, anyway. Albert's going to shout. Anyone that wants to make a stand, stand. Everyone else into the train. A whole bunch of people are running towards the train, and many of the uh, rivals are appearing in front of the train and on the train. And some of them are standing in odd places, and they're starting to move their hands as magic is getting worked. You can feel wind kicked up. You can the snow is sort of picked up off the ground, turns into sort of a tornado right there in the place. Not like a full on tornado, but like a more like a dust devil of snow. And um, there is more cracking and crumbling. The earth is shaking a bit. There's a bunch of shit about to go down right in this moment. Uh, I want to call. I just want to call out to Albert that Lola is inside one of the witches that we're trying to rescue. Her spirit. We should set her uh, gonna, body on fire. I'm going to wait for others to uh, react because Albert might do something big in a moment. We'll do something. We'll try to do something big. We'll see what the dice say. I think that Albert should try and do something big right now. This is a big okay. moment, so it's the time. I um, so you mentioned that some of the witches were starting to conjure up like a mini tornado or like a yeah. wind system already. Albert's just going to hijack that. Mm-hmm. He's going to say, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and he's going to take over that and add to it and magnify it in a way that no one's ever done before because he's going to add fire to it the conflict is collision of magic which is happening right now there's a bunch of witches okay. are cursing and doing god knows what oh he started the whole fire tornado thing <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> just like my vision I was always meant to create this um okay uh, let's see. Oh, I need, I need a high roll here. Let's see. Be with me. Eight. Um, I mean, it's just an eight, flat eight, but I'll take the eight. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll call that resolved. Uh, so you're, you're, you're adding fire to it and you're directing it, I assume, to? Yes. I'm just going to take it spin it up even more and I'm going to literally start targeting everybody that's not with us. Um, they're either going to be torn apart in the, in just the brute force of the winds or if they're stuck in there, they're burning and they're not happy. All right. So it's like, I'm trying to figure out what the caveat is. The caveat is that you are on this side of your tornado and the trains over there. Mm. So you'd have to get around the debris, the carnage, the destruction, the collapsing building to get to the train. But 
uh, on the plus side, all of the witches that were trying to get away the the resistance mm-hmm. make it to the train. And uh, Mel, Abigail, you can be part of that crew if you want, or you can be on this side. I'll kind of leave that up to you, depending on where you are in the scenario. I was going to try and cycle out. I think I'm pretty near Albert. I missed what you yeah. said, Emily. I'm going oh. to try and make it to my car. Okay. All right. So you're on the you're on this side then with Albert. Mm-hmm. Okay. Car, fire, tornado. All three of you are on the same side. So if you get away, we can end this chapter. I think there's enough happening in the epicenter here that you could get away if you wanted to. That's your aim. What is, what do I roll for just, I'm going to just run. Oh, you can just, if you want to exit, you can at this point. I'm just going to, I'm just going to exit. Yeah. yeah I'm okay. just going to go get, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to tear out of there. Cause it's 10 20 and I have an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, what about Mel and Albert? Are you going to take off too? I think Mel's going to sort of stick by Albert's side because she doesn't trust him to not do something really self-destructive at this point. Before Albert, um, before you respond, yeah. Albert, I do need to add that um, you feel uh, Mel, you feel some prickling up your spine, sharp stabs of small clawed feet as Madam has climbed up your back and is now perched on your shoulder. <laughs> All right, Albert? I was so worried there when you were describing. I was like, oh, no, what's going to Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Jim, feel free to um, spice this up or make this hell for me. But right now, I think the, the feel is like, for those of you who who know um, Avatar: The Last Airbender, it's kind of like when um, they go into the Avatar state. Um, it's it's kind of that feel right now with Albert. He's kind of like he is this force right now. He is this fire tornado, tornado just sweeping up um, these attackers, um, and. He, maybe he can be reasoned with or talked back down, but for now he's just very methodically just going after each one and like with precision <laughs> aiming this fire tornado and just swooping them up. Mel's not going to stop him. The intent here is to make sure that whatever one Lola was in um, gets sorted out. Well, Abigail was pretty certain it wasn't one of the friendlies it wasn't one of the friendlies yeah yes okay and was it one of the friendlies that went into the train that mean it was somebody who had been outside the station it's it's impossible to say for sure but generally i'll just say yeah okay I had a bet. I had a beat on them. Yeah, they got they got herded onto the train. Okay. Um, 
Albert's going to make sure he dispatches whatever he needs to dispatch on the outside. And when there's nothing left to burn or sweep up, he drops it. And he looks over at the train. Yeah, it's just a... And it starts taking off down the snowy tracks. Um, Albert's going to... Scotch is broken on on the trail, on the rail. Alpha's going to try to run after it, but he's not going to be able to catch up, I don't think. Um, Mel is going to scoop Albert up because she can move faster and go running after the train. Yeah, vampires can catch a train. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to let that happen. <laughs> and Abigail's awesome. in, uh, in the Skylark or whatever car she brought. Yeah. That's my dad. It's like my dad's. It's got to be like, it's an American, whatever it is. It's probably a Skylark. My dad's a super lame car. Uh. (laughs) All right. Let's move into a meeting. Or, oh no, Uh, let's let's move over to Jim. And uh, I assume Cabe and Abigail are going to meet. Oh yeah. So I'll let Jim facilitate that. I I don't know if that's a meeting or if it's a menace or what it is. Well, let's just have a conversation and figure that out. So yeah, he's he's you see him sort of leaning up against his car. Yeah. Outside of the meeting area. You mind if we go ahead. And he just sort of looks up at you as you drive by and smiles. Uh she pulls in, parks, says, um mind if we go inside? It's very cold. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, it is awful cold. Yeah. Almost unnaturally so, wouldn't you say? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. How have you been? I'm worried well, about you. I've been doing a lot better than the homeless in town, I tell you what. This cold has already killed half a dozen. That's too bad. I will try to help their spirits move on as best I can when this is all done with. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the day it's all done with, too. But anything, anyway, what can I do for you? I, I figured I wasn't Mr. Popularity with all you folk. No, but I increasingly think that Albert doesn't have the best interests of which kind at heart. He's, and- a, he's a martyr. He's really only... Uh, concerned about how he can sacrifice his life nobly to to end the mistake that he made. Uh, I, I, I wish him luck with that. I just don't particularly prescribe to the accuracy of that philosophy. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what's going to help the most with causing the least death. Because every death hurts me a little bit more. And I think that Albert's plan will just lead to more and more and more pain and suffering. So I want to cut a deal. Well, all right. I'm I'm all ears, my love. All the people who are going to be gone, I need them to not hurt. I need them to just blink out. 
and I want to protect a few people. I want to protect. I want to protect the people of my coven, and I want to protect my father and Megan. They can go to the cabin up north. Nobody needs to know about them. And then you tell me what you need me to do. Jim, to interrupt, sorry to interrupt, but if you want to turn this into a momentum and have the dice decide how Caves responds, you can. Or you can treat this as a meeting and just decide. Um, it's up to you, Chris. I mean, what the intent of this was to for me to release this character and no longer play it. But yeah. if I decide that I'm basically doing exactly that and playing the character. Right, right. So since I, it's an NPC now at this point, I would like to let the dice decide. Yeah, so this is no momentum, and the 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 uh, conflict is um, deal with Cape, and yeah, that's what makes a difference between a PC and NPC. So good point. Right. Uh, so on a momentum, you don't get any well real, um, but you do need to choose your aspect. Well, I am in a church, and I was informed that I would get wheel. Um. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right, you can take wheel. I'll give it to you. Uh, yeah, I am going to be in, uh, I'm going to be in Maiden. And, um, yeah, I'm going to spend a charm when it's time. (laughs) All right, uh, well, go ahead and roll the, um, I'm thinking this is. I'm 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 thinking navigate others over befriend because there's an agenda okay. probably behind yeah. it. Yeah, I will take navigate others. That sounds fine with me. Oh crap! Uh, that is a four. <laughs> okay, Jim. So um, something goes wrong. I'll let you take it. And I go. You see, I still love you. And frankly, I wouldn't like anything bad to happen to the former coven. But the thing of it is, the future hangs on them. I, I don't know a lot. And I've taken on the role to create as even a playing field as I can. That is my role as a balancer, as one who brings that kind of equality. I've done all I can to level the playing field. I can tell. But that's all I can do. I can't guarantee the safety of anyone. All I can do is tell you this. Everyone you know and love has a role to play in this. So you're saying yourself. You're saying we don't have a deal is what I'm hearing. They have a fate that I cannot interfere with. I well, cannot continue. I cannot What is it in specific that you want me to do? I just wanted to get you inside the church. 
Mm-hmm. Chris, I'd like to spend a charm. Mm-hmm. Um, this church is basically a bomb. It's full of ghosts because the churchyard attached to it is something is off. It's something about the ground is not consecrated correctly. So everybody who's been buried here has been here for probably hundreds of years because it's an old churchyard. And they're really looking for a way to get to the veil. And fortunately for them, I'm really good at opening pathways to the veil. So the second I say, um, I just need to get you inside the church, uh, I'm going to open a pathway to the veil right behind Cave. And if I do this right, the ghosts are going to just push him through the veil, and then I can close it. Whoa. All right. Well, deal with Cave is still on the table. So you can confront that. Yeah. And how do I get more charm? I just miss a roll. Uh, uh, If you get a 10 plus on a a mundane roll. On a more regular move, I, yeah. I don't think I've done that tonight. And you, right. get, you get one every chapter, too. Oh, great. No, no, Wonderful. no, no. I'm sorry. You get one every session. Yeah, I have. I just spent my one this yeah. session on um, making this church a bomb. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. So here goes. You can also get more charm by accepting es- escalated conflicts from me. Um, I got a nine. All right. That resolves the conflict. Wow. It'll work with a caveat. Jim, do you want to take it? Sure. Uh, uh, Cape pulls out um, what looks like a walkie-talkie. It goes, yep, it turned bad. Execute the order. And puts it back in his pocket and just opens his arms wide and accepts the fate before him. And what does that fate look like? Basically, a bunch of angry ghosts just sort of like whip at him and sort of start shredding. You see his cheeks sort of get cut open, his clothes started shredding as they start pulling him into in, into the veil. Nice. But he, he radioed goes, somebody? Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. What should we call that conflict? You're going to miss your daddy. <laughs> going to miss your daddy. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. I know what that means. That's a problem. That's a big problem. Do you think he would have come here without any kind of insurance whatsoever? (laughs) Apparently not. (laughs) Conniving some of it. Okay, anyway, let's move on. Um, On that note, I think we do need a meeting so that those of you in the train can kind of figure your shit out. Um, It's now getting close to 11 o'clock at night the train is going you don't really know how um argyle's in charge of it there were 10 survivors counting argyle not counting you well we're on the train you're on the train this is an old train it shouldn't be operable. It's rusting through. Cold. Abigail mentioned that Lola is still looking through one of us. One of us on this train. And so is Kaliska, as far as you know. 
Oh, was it Kaliska or was it? Lo- oh, Both. yeah, it was Kaliska that was looking through. Okay. Well, okay. Kaliska yeah. was looking through, but uh, uh, Lola's spirit is in someone else here. Yeah, right. Kaliska was gotcha. looking through, but I think that that got kind of resolved, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, right, with your yep. Faustian bargain. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now we're dealing with Lola being a passenger inside a passenger. Yes. Okay. She's do doing essentially. Who? Uh, she's doing essentially what Abigail said really couldn't be done, or at least the way Abigail was going to do it. Um, she's cohabitating, co- cohabitating someone apparently. Abigail's, so it could be possible. Ab- I'm just going to say Ab- Abigail's not that advanced as Lola, so Lola, Lola can do whatever she wants. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to show the board real quick. So there's a bunch of conflicts still in play. Um, and you're in a meeting, so this is your chance to figure out what you need to do before you go into the next chapter. And if you need a loop uh, Abigail in, you can always, like, you know, speakerphone or something. Yeah. So how do we ID the person that she's inhabiting? Would their blood taste different? Are you suggesting I go and have a little nibble off of everyone on this train? We should have no problem donating our blood to prove our innocence. It might. I don't know exactly how that works, but it might. You can choose to know if you would like to. It's a meeting. Yeah, but I don't know that... I, I think that um, Mel is still so new at this that she wouldn't. Mm, she just doesn't know. Yeah, she just doesn't know. Like, when has it come up before? Of like, uh, have you tasted the blood of somebody that's also inhabited by another person? Yeah. Survey says. Yeah. So I, I think she genuinely wouldn't know. I like to use my fifty-fifty. Hold the audience. <laughs> um, uh, I would. While the meeting's happening, I would like to have it aside with Argyle. I'm I'm assuming Argyle's kind of like the official, unofficial conductor of our magic yeah. train. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to ask him. I have to get my what prop. we would have, what we would, have, <laughs> yeah, what we would have to do to mask the train's um, like tr- travel. Like, is there a way to wrap it around? some veil or just mask where we're going so that if Lola is spying through, she cannot d- divine our direction or our location. Uh, sure. I mean, I'm sure we have a hag among us. All they need to do is throw a curtain of veil around the, around the boat and she's invisible. Is that something I can entrust to you? Hey, we got a hag. Somebody raises their hand in the back. They come forward. Yeah. I got you covered. I'm Argyle. This is how I get shit done. I'm, I think maybe I should have taken that last one. I'm glad you survived. And <laughs> Albert walks away. 
So you do have a hag. It's a meeting, so I'll give you what you need. And the yeah. hag can okay. make the the they wrap the veil around the train, which means it's in its own pocket dimension, basically. Right. Yeah. Perfect. That's an actual spell that a hag can do. Nice. Um, unless anything, uh, Mel wants to do anything. Um, I think Albert's going to take a moment to address the people on the train. Um, he begins by just very simply prickling, like, like pricking at his, his fingertip to draw blood. And he's going to explain to everybody the situation. He's not hiding anything. He's just laying it all out to everybody. Um, and he asks for people to be willing to allow their blood to be sampled to see if we can ascertain who is our trespasser. Yeah, there's no resistance. Clearly, since of the chapter we're in, um, and have they all seen the thing? Yeah, they know what's going on. <laughs> um, no, the... what's that? No, I was asking if they've seen the thing, the the movie, the thing. Oh, no, that, that, I thought you meant the incident. <laughs> right. So, um, so Mel is presented with uh, ten libations of of blood. <laughs> Uh, marked with sharpies, I'm guessing. Um, and if if she does consume it, uh, she can identify a tainted blood sample. Does she? I think she does. Yeah, it's argyle. That's fun and exciting. I'm going to put my turn my head towards Albert and just let my eyes sort of flick over to Argyle and then back to Albert. Um, Albert's uh, so I'm I'm gonna say that the like we're in like a passenger we're in a car that's being pulled by the train um, and Argyle is kind of by himself in the front uh, and with maybe the hag. So Albert's going to look around and check the faces of everyone in the room and just kind of intimate, like, this is what we have to do. Is everybody going to be okay or are we going to have problems? And one by one, he just sees, like, yeah, this is, this is happening. Um, All right, so we move into a mission. Yeah. Note your aspect. That'll be an easy choice. <laughs> Might be a quick mission. We'll see. <laughs> Don't know. Do we have a plan, Albert? Because most of mine involve people not being alive anymore. I'm not a fan of Argyle. But I don't wish him harm if there's a way to remove Lola's presence without harming him that's what we'll do if we have to open to suggestions we could simply ask and gauge his response okay 
after does you. Does anyone else? Uh, he looks around the room. Does anyone else propose anything other? You get mixed responses. Some people think that you should just put him down. Some people think you should draw the spirit out. Um, are there other? Uh, are there? I Albert asks: Are there any here that practice the craft of Hecate or the Hag that can be of support here in drawing out a spirit? Um, if we're still in the meeting, I guess I switched too early. Um, if you want that to be the case, then yes. Um, can I get more than one? Can I have two? <laughs> yeah. Can I have one of each? <laughs> yeah, you can. Uh, if it, if just, the meeting, just backup, just as uh, backup. The, the yeah. point of the meeting is to get all the resources you right. need for your mission. So yeah. Okay. So I'm going to recruit. Uh, I'm going to say there's one Hecate and one Hag just to round it out. And um, oh, yeah, I, I'm... I'm going to approach, assuming everyone else is ready, unless okay. there's anything else we need from the meeting. So now we're in the mission. Um, Argyle is at the helm. Um, that, not a helm, the engine room. I don't know. Whatever. He's the, the, driving the, the thing train. with the... <laughs> <laughs> the drain uh, try... The, yeah. The, I think um, the play that Albert's going to make is... He's going to encourage Argyle to drink more and commiserate over um, the witches that have been lost. And I'm trying to get him more drunk to yeah. see if that, like, drops his defenses a bit. We're going to make this uh, a really old train. This is a, a coal engine. So he's at the cabin, and there's, um, mm. you know, the burning furnace, coal, um, the steam tank, and it's, it's you know, Polar Express cold. You know, mm. and um, and he's mm. kind of up there and, and drinking, and he happily takes drinks with you. You don't need to roll for that. Mm. Okay. So he'll get as drunk as you allow okay. him to get. Uh, and he keeps complaining about a headache. You know, I keep on having this, ah, it's like it's a migraine that keeps on popping up in the back of my head, but then goes away, and I'm going to have to drink away need, the pain. You just need more hair of the dog, Argyle. We... We need you for this, so make sure you have enough of what you need. And Albert's just going to keep pouring and pouring and pouring. All right, so when he gets to that state... miming drinking. What are you doing when he gets to that state? Um, he's going to give a, a nod to the spirit pullers and just for them to start doing it. Okay, so um, what we're going to do is um, rally mm. against Argyle's hosting Lola. Okay, really. Um, I am not in the right aspect for that. I did not choose wisely after all. All right, here we go. Um, this is just a regular roll? Yep. Because you're not okay. casting magic. Right. Remember, you Whoa, can spend uh, a charm to change your aspect. Yeah, you can. That's right. Got a, I got a natural eight. Okay. I'm happy with that. All right, so... Um, they draw her out. Uh, nobody present can see the spirit. But um, the Hecate witch, um, let's call her Sam. She's uh, she's one of the ones that came in with the inverted coven, mm. um, kind of tattered-looking, mm. flannel. A new know, friend for Abigail? <laughs> a new friend for Abigail. The, the kind of, like, furry hat that covers the ears kind of thing, you know. Um, and 
as she she you know shouts shit it starts like trying to maneuver but you can't really tell what she's doing and then mm. after a moment she's, like, ah, she's out she's out she's out but she's gone i couldn't catch her mm. uh he it's looks like oh that's much better Argon. that's much better are we sure we got all of her out yeah yeah she was there i saw her any idea where she might be ending up that's our divination. I'll, I'll see if I can find her. Mm. And cut to Abigail. Hi. <laughs> I, I, I like to see the, 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 what does it look like when you're walking away from the church after having done that? Um, I mean, it is literally like, like if you could see into the spirit world, it is literally like the equivalent of walking away from the building as it blows up. <laughs> Um, that's what I like thought. there's yeah there's just like like spirits coming from everywhere and like getting sucked into the building and like whatever like dark cloud hung over the um the cemetery is also getting sucked mm. back into it um but abigail's actually running to her car because i think cape say did cape say his threat uh i don't think he did did he but i think you could probably deduce it mm. yeah okay all right. Yeah, it does. I don't think he said. Unless Jim wants to override me on that. Um, I, let's just say that you saw it in his eyes, and you can just deduce it. But he didn't quite frankly say it. You just felt it. Okay. Um, so we are we are in a mission uh, mm-hmm. because you have to go save your dad, basically, right? Well, I have to drive all the way through town to do that. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm going to call him and, and tell him to barricade himself in. Uh, wherever, just get get a, as low in the house as he can, as far away from get the, the guns, barricade. Yeah, get a gun. Yeah, um, I'm just screaming all of this at him as I'm barreling down the highway at like a hundred miles an hour. So, who did um, Jim? Who did Cave hire for this? Okay, uh, so a little side scene uh, to set that up. Uh, there is uh, sort of this rundown bar out in the out in in the middle of nowhere, and you see tons of motorcycles all done up up out front. Um, the place just looks like straight up trouble. Uh, but you see uh, the Lincoln drive up, and you see sort of like the wheels of the Lincoln, and you just see the two boot Cabe's two boots get out of the car and stand. He just sort of closes the door, turns around. Uh, you see him sort of adjust his jacket and close it. He walks in, looking like a perfect pretty boy in this roughneck place. And there's a whole bunch of bikers there with uh, colors of their gang. And they all sort of turn and sneer at him. Uh, you don't hear what's going on, but you see basically dirty looks and arguments. And he just sort of turns his head and just snaps his fingers with his back to them. And they all sort of go, yeah, boss, what do you need done? And he goes, let me give you some instructions. Here's an address to a church. Uh, And then now you just see the church is being rounded by a bunch of motorcycles. Dudes with torches, looks like whiskey bottles filled with fire, sort of throwing them at the church. Uh, hooting and hollering. This church is full of witches. 
Um, he doesn't care. <laughs> um. Okay, so yeah, your 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 dad answers and uh, explains that they're being mobbed by these bikers. But some of the witches have come out to defend the place, but things have gotten really quiet, and he's just staying in the basement. I think it's another church. Um, yeah, I uh, I want to get there, you know, much faster than I ever have before. Somehow, not getting the ticket. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think I, I pull up, and the car screeches to a halt, and I, I get out and my sensible yet fashionable boots and um try to see what's going on all right so yeah the um trying to decide how i want to pivot unless you want to jump in jim um i i my whole thing was i'm i was going to set up the the uh the challenge and figure out how she was going to overcome it Mm -hmm. um but you know it how many of them are there enough to be challenging uh, and they're basically just after burning down this church and making sure nobody gets out. So uh, when you arrive, you see that the bikers have raised hell. I mean, it's like uh, it, it's like the um, Hill Valley in Back to the Future too. I mean, they're just burning buckets, burning uh, barrels. They're knocking shit over, breaking glass. Uh, and there are a couple of people that have been strung up um, – and you know they're like basically strung up some people and are beating them. Uh, you don't see any of the witches around, uh, okay. but this is a mission. So you know you have your your moment at shine and whatever aspect you in you're in, you'll get a, uh, a wheel on that on those ma- on those spells. Yeah. Um. And knock down the you know the 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 big cross that is at the entrance of the of the church they've knocked that down they've trashed the foyer they're driving their motorcycles into the foyer i'm in crone because you don't mess with my dad um and uh i'm going to uh attempt to uh God, this is a bad idea, but I just, I think it's what I do. I'm going to make them all zombies. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like a slow burn zombie thing, but um, it will be, uh, that will be the future applicants problem. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the subject will decay, but the life force will remain. They become as zombies in a perpetual state of rot and hunger, but their life spirit will not vacate even as the body is dead. So now this is going to be a substantial work because there are so many of them. Yeah. So uh, usually that means that you'll need more time or more resources or more something to be effective. How are you going to bring it to the next level? I mean, there's a whole bunch of fucking witches in there, you know? Um, Obviously, I can't get to them. But if there's other Hecate there, I can relay a message to them with spirits. All right, so you're calling in with uh, other witches to come and help. They've yeah. been, uh, and when you connect with them, you can tell they've been sort of keeping them out of the, um, oh, what's the term? You know, the the worship room, the chapel. Uh, yeah, um, they've the, been keeping the them out sanctuary. The sanctuary, sanctuary, sanctuary. <laughs> they've been yeah. keeping that area warded off. Uh, so yeah. like the rest of the building is being trashed, but that area is safe. Um, 
All right, so you'll need to then first open it up to them, and then they can help you with this spell. So this is going to be a twofer. Okay. Uh, so um, well, well, since since you're Hecate, I'm going to give you some li- some liberty here, and this is really just going to be a rally roll. Sure. Um, I get, uh, and I think the um, the conflict is it could be either biker gang or you're going to miss your daddy. Yeah, I'll I'll start with um I'll start with you're going to miss your daddy. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So rally. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. That's an 11. All right. Heck I yeah. Got, I got a charm. <laughs> Yay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yes, uh, you have narrative control. So, what do you find when you open uh, up to the witches inside? There are six or seven Hecate, more than enough to do what I want with them. Um, mm-hmm. And they, my dad is like, I can tell just from what the spirits see that he's like, safeguarded behind them behind all the witches who are warding things and he's kind of staring at them in awe and um yeah i just i just send a spirit messenger to all of the uh hecate inside it's um you know it's it's a it's a it's the spirit of a little boy that i've sort of um plucked from the nearby road um he was hit by a car and died and keeps walking the road and um uh before i send him on to the next plane uh he uh, I send him in to send my message. Awesome. All right, so um, you're going against Biker Gang, and this is the actual spell. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're going to make a bunch of biker zombies. <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> Zombie Biker Gang. Perfect yeah. idea. Nothing can go wrong. Oh, boy, that is a eight. Did you roll that wheel? Yes. Okay. I mean, I don't know what the complication could be with a zombie biker gang, but... <laughs> no, nah, you're, you're covered. <laughs> uh, they begin to rot. Uh, their mind begins to melt. Some of them, you actually see some gray matter leaking from behind their ears and through their eyes. Uh, and the transformation happens way quicker than you intended. Mm. and they are stumbling around confused disoriented frankly not that different than how they were before but this time uh they do focus on you and turn and now you have a horde of biker zombies lurching towards you because you smell divine oh god i bet i do um (laughs) yeah i uh i want to defend myself um, I know that my dad has a shotgun in the car and I know how to fire a shotgun so if I can get to the car I can use it to ward him off I uh, don't know if I'm going to actually kill them but uh, uh, I'm just hoping normal zombie rules apply <laughs> All right. Uh, so this is protect against zombies attacking Yes. and then this might be the end of your uh, mission here because I think you'll yeah. probably roll well right God, I hope so. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I got a five. <laughs> okay. I jinxed that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we I, cut I just idea. as we see. Uh, we cut just as we see. Yeah. 
Um, all of okay. these. Well, we got oh, before. Do you have something yeah. you to throw in there, Albert? Well, no, I was going to say um, I don't want to rob um, Abigail from her moment, but if we want a deus ex machina, I'm willing to spend a charm to have rails appear before the zombies. That and is a your choo noise. You can totally do that. <laughs> um, Go but for it. Emily, how, would you be cool with that? I don't yeah, want to be cool. like taking... No. Go for yeah. it. I just want to get my shotgun. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I think we have a maybe a moment where you fire off a few shots, and you're realizing you can't reload fast enough to cover what you need to cover. And they're and, coming in, like, and they're and coming in, and yeah. Abigail is not a good shot. Also, like she she really yeah. avoided taking Dad's hunting lessons, and it was a point <laughs> She didn't like to mm. kill living things, and also she didn't like girls. What? Like no girls. duck hunt on Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, she's not a good shot. That is that is a that is autobiographical. Um, and yeah, and she doesn't probably doesn't factor in the kickback of the gun and things yeah. like that. Yeah, it's an um, old, it's one of those old shotguns. So yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, it looks good, but yeah. <laughs> I look super. So, I look super cool. Yeah. But that's yeah, she all, she gets all the screen time for that like heroic moment, um, and then when it just seems like okay, she's about to get over overrun, we see some some train rails just kind of materialize on top of a bunch of the zombies, and they get crushed underneath. And there's this tearing sound of uh, something coming through from the other side. And I think it's got the the Star Trek warp in effect of like something coming in way faster than it should, and then it suddenly stops still, and it's our train. Took you long enough. The, the Hecate link is still set, and then all of a sudden, all of the uh, churchgoers and townspeople, the the pastor and the witches that were in the church are now filing onto the train. They're on the glory train. I am just going to take a look yeah. at Go ahead. I'm just going to whisper to Argyle. Sorry, I'm just going to whisper to Argyle, I knew it could work. And that's it. <laughs> I'm just going to look to Albert and Mel and say, okay, it won't be a problem anymore. Good. He's somewhere on. else. It's good to be back. I've hurt a lot of people tonight, and I don't feel good about it, but I had to protect us. I had to protect everyone. I'll work it out with whomever when the time comes. Thank you. For being who you are. Thank you for showing me who I am. What I mentioned about my sister, Alice, I'm not trying to die. I'm not trying to martyr myself. But on the train, I saw that it was possible for two spirits to share a body. Would that be something you'd be willing to try? Yeah. 
I've never done it before. It's very powerful Hecate stuff. It's like, it's like if I were one of the seven, yeah, I could do it, but I'm not sure. Or like, I don't know, whatever's right behind, right below the seven, the 14, um, you know, but yeah, I'm not that powerful. I'll try. And maybe if we have some other Hecate around, we can try and boost my power, but I mean, you could still die. I will never ask you to do anything that compromises what you know to be right and true. If the time comes, I'll ask again. Okay. Now, welcome home. And I'm glad to be here. But yeah, if we can keep you here and get her here, that's better. I just, it's, 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 it's more than I've ever had to do. And um, more than most witches are capable of. But I mean, I made some zombie bikers. That's a lot. So all of the uh, surviving cast is present, including I think Jennifer made it onto here somehow. Um, maybe we can explain that later. But um, Alex, everybody, you know, all the survivors are here on the train. Mm-hmm. Oh, Alex came back. Oh, he Hi, was Alex. in the church. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, maybe um, that's I, uh, they, uh, they had been at the cabin, but I mean, it's also set a couple days later. Maybe they came yeah. back. Maybe they were. Okay. Cool. Right. Yeah, and that means Megan's there too. That's right. They're in Michigan. That's yeah, okay. They we can't can really there. retcon that. That's pretty far, and it's a big storm. So <laughs> never mind. They're not there. <laughs> but anyway, uh, my point is that uh, as soon as midnight hits, which is, you know, pretty much right this moment. Uh oh. Uh, there is a, a feeling of it's 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 like you had several shots of espresso in a row. Everybody is just buzzing with energy. And even though it's nighttime, you can see outside as if it's day. And and it suddenly feels like you could just do anything. The power is surging through your veins. Even the beast inside of Mel immediately squirrels away and hides from this. It is now the solstice. How should we end it, Jim? I don't know. With uh, me spending a charm point and the police showing up in Michigan and arresting a certain set of people. (laughs) (laughs) They're still trying to figure out what's going on at that train station. No, I mean, I got nothing. Uh, I, I, what, I, I think that the, the cool thing about it is uh, to, to end it with a visual of uh, maybe the, the eclipse um, as the moon comes over. And, and then you just sort of see that. And then you, you see uh, basically the, the, a, uh, a map of uh, sort of like an overhead shot of the, of the town. And you just sort of see uh, uh, crows moving in and sort of emulate the exact sort of like eclipse motion of it. Uh, And basically uh, a hand just sort of tip over an hourglass and the, and the sands start, start falling. 
and everything sort of just fades back to black. Perfect. As things are beginning. <laughs> All right. Well, things got a little real. <laughs> yes. Yes. Can I spend my other charm to well, do something? Now's really the time. <laughs> I'm going to do something really stupid. Okay. I'm spending my charm to say that Santa Claus exists and that he is a very powerful witch. And like all the stories about him are like vaguely true, but not true. I don't think he's going to actually be a character. I just want to say for my own peace of mind that he exists. And he's out there. And if it were Christmas Eve, it would he would be so powerful, but it's not. It's just some 21st. <laughs> <laughs> you know, He's going to come in uh, a few days. And, um, awesome. I love yeah. that. <laughs> Beautiful. He's not Faye, is he? Okay. Uh, oh, no, he's Odin. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's a witch who learned a lot of stuff from the Faye. Hmm. And, uh, yeah. And he's very old and powerful and timeless. And good presence. Awesome. And he owns a chain of olive gardens. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right, narrative control has gone too far. I'm kidding. Okay, Santa Claus is real. Got it. Check. <laughs> Do with that what you will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's probably where we'll end it. Uh, we have a very big day ahead of us over the next couple of weeks. Um, I have a script I'm supposed to read, but uh, my Chromebook is now out of power. So. I'm just going to do my best. Thank you for watching. Uh, what are we? Happy Jack's RPG Network. And what game is this? The Great American Witch, starring our friends here. We have uh, but two episodes left, likely. And um, thank you so much for coming on this journey with us. I think this was an, a very exciting episode. Uh, hopefully you agree and you will listen to further episodes at happyjacks.org. Right? Right. I'm right. Okay, mm-hmm. sweet. I'm killing it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing I want to mention is that we are going to be on in two weeks, which, uh, let me look at my phone. I think that is, we're in September, so that would be the 28th. We will be here uh, for session 11. I am Christopher. You can find me at Great Author with an E on Twitter and I guess everywhere else. Uh, Mac, where can we find I'm you? I'm Mac. Uh, Probably just lurking behind your shoulders when you think that you're alone in the room. But also on uh, the social medias as at Strange Like That. That's the Facebook, the Instagram, and the Twitters. It's also uh, strangelikethat.com. It's my website. And you can also find me over at 12-Sided Stories, where we do a highly produced podcast with uh, sound effects and music and all kinds of fun stuff. So check that out. Uh, Emily, where can we find you? I am Emily. You can find me on Twitter at EmilyVDW. Um, I also play in the Wednesday night Savage Worlds game, um, and I'm having a great time over there. We're getting up to all kinds of trouble. Um, and uh, yeah, other than that, uh, all of my fun exploits and adventures can be followed on EmilyVDW on Twitter.com. And Jim, thank you for helping me guide tonight. Oh, I, you're making me feel like I'm making a career of evil. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, th- this is actually a, a brand new experience for me, and I'm having a really good time. I hope you guys like at least some of the choices that I'm making. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to spice things up for you guys and mm-hmm. 
not be a jerk. But uh, you can also see me uh, uh, playing Call of Cthulhu and Vampire 5th, uh, Call of Cthulhu 7th, uh, run by Stu on, set, on Sundays, alternating. I'm on every Sunday. Uh, and then also in two weeks uh, here uh, with Chris and, and you fellas. Um, also, uh, if you wanted to uh, check it out, we have some uh, video. Uh, actually, Tomes created a fantastic video on how to uh, be a better role player that he did as a live broadcast from Strategicon from uh, Gateway this year. Um, and uh, I will be posting up some links on that on strategicon.net if you guys are interested in that. Um, and thank you so much, Tomes, for doing that. He did a fantastic job. It's a great video with a lot of insights. Uh, you can find me at Plus 10 to Awesome uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And last but not least, Joe. Hey, all. I'm Joe. And um, you will find me here um, on Monday nights, at least for the next few episodes remaining of Great American Witch. Um, and also on the alternating Monday for Lighthearted with Kurt Potts, uh, where we will be getting into 80s-themed bright neon magic, um, where I play a rebel finding his voice figuratively and literally. Um, for those interested, check that out. It's a really, really different to feel from what we've been doing here in this campaign. Um, but also, thank you, Chris, for such an awesome system. I'm having so much fun. I can't wait to see what happens when we finally get to the solar eclipse and uh, all of our powers get cranked up to 12, 13. 13 is the witching number. All of our powers get cranked up to 13. I can't wait to see. It's fu- We're fine. We'll, I'm sure yeah, nothing bad will, will happen. Oh, yeah. We've already leveled a lot of Salem, so, I mean, how bad can it get? <laughs> what, what else can we ruin? <laughs> the Olive Garden is going down, and it's going to be so sad. No, it's the only thing that's going to be left standing, I swear. Ooh. <laughs> the Battle of the Olive Garden. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to see what happens on Solstice as well. We've been building up to it for the entire campaign. All right, well, thank you all. I will see you next time. Ta-ta. Oh, I have to stop. Mm-hmm. All no, right. never stop, Chris. Never stop. <laughs> <laughs>